Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Air pollution, it's not just for cities anymore. This week on Parts Per Billion, why is a rural area in northeastern Utah having trouble cleaning up its air? And what does that mean for environmental politics? Hello and welcome back to Parts Per Billion. I'm your host, David Schultz. When you think of air pollution, you probably think of a hot day in a big city, maybe lots of cars sitting on a freeway spewing fumes and smog. You probably don't think of the middle of winter in rural northeastern Utah. And yet, rural northeastern Utah is indeed having some serious air pollution problems. And those problems are happening in wintertime. And that, in turn, is posing some weird political questions about how stringent air pollution regulations should be and who should enforce them. So what's going on here? Where is this pollution coming from? For answers, we turn to Patrick Ambrosio, Bloomberg BNA's reporter covering air regulations. Patrick said the main issue in Utah is ozone. Now, ozone is good when it's way up high in the atmosphere, think the ozone layer, but it's very bad when it hangs around on the ground. Breathing in ozone has been shown to worsen asthma and a lot of other breathing problems. Ozone can show up if there are too many chemicals in the air that get emitted from cars, power plants, and oil wells. Patrick says the area in Utah that's having the problems, it's called the Unita Basin, has some pretty unique features that make it particularly vulnerable to bad air. The cold air helps to trap the pollution so the emissions don't disperse. This is winter pollution. Yeah, it's winter pollution. Uh, and the other factor, also very winter dependent, they need snow cover, uh, which doesn't sound like it would help, but it reflects the sunlight and actually makes the energy more, more powerful there. It helps with the chemical reaction. And this area in northeastern Utah, the, the Winter Basin, it's, it's, it's actually having trouble meeting the EPA standards. Is that right? Uh, yeah. It's, um, right now, it's three-year average, which is how they uh, sort of determine whether or not you meet it. It's at 80 parts per billion, which is 10 above. Uh, that's on par with what Houston is at, which is, you know, big city, a lot of traffic, a lot of refineries, a lot of industrial development. Uh, the Winter Basin doesn't have that. What it does have is about 11,000 oil and gas wells. There's a lot of development out there, uh, smaller sources of pollution, but when you combine them all up, it, it, it's enough to put them over. So is this just a, a weird problem that's, that's uh, being faced only in this area where it just so happens that they have this weird uh, climactic issue with the cold air uh, push, pressing down and keeping the, the pollutants in, and it also, uh, you know, there's a huge oil and gas industry there. Or is this somewhere, is this something that other rural areas with a lot of oil and gas development, are they going to also be facing this as well? 
Uh, so uh, last fall, I actually surveyed all the states to find out, you know, sort of uh, what what's not going to meet the ozone standards. They're not scheduled to make that decision until later this year. Uh, and what I found was it's a range of different types of areas are going to have these problems. Uh, so a lot of parts of the country are having problems with this, uh, sort of unique factors in all of them. Uh, every, every area of the country has its own sort of unique meteorological conditions, uh, sources of where the pollution is coming from. Uh, but as far as the oil and gas stuff, uh, a lot of states with oil and gas development are going to face some issues with the ozone standards. And we're talking about, you know, facing issues with ozone standards. What does that really mean? What are these, uh, you know, states and cities going to have to do if they can't bring their pollution down to the to the EPA's new level? Uh, so what they will get uh, is called non-attainment status, uh, which means they don't meet the standards. Uh, it imposes a number of requirements on the areas. Uh, it the states have to come in and form their own sort of plan of how they plan to bring pollution levels down over a certain period of time, uh, stricter permitting requirements for new industrial facilities in an area that's like the Unita Basin, where the only real industry there is oil and gas development. That's where the bulk of the emissions reductions are going to have to come from. Uh, and part of that permitting is if you want to build something new, you in an area that already doesn't meet the standards, you need to get an offset. And that can be pretty tough in a rural area. They may not be available. And if they're available, they might be pretty expensive because there's nobody selling. So these rural areas with pollution problems have a lot of incentive to get their ozone levels below the EPA standards. But they also have a lot of incentive to try to, let's say, move the goalposts. Because if you can't meet a goal, maybe you can just make it easier to meet. We'll get to that in a second, but first let's pause here for a moment to talk about Bloomberg BNA's Daily Environment Report. It's a source for comprehensive coverage of the day's top environmental news, and it features reporting from Patrick, myself, and all the other reporters you hear from regularly on Parts Per Billion. Start a free trial of Daily Environment Report by visiting bna.com slash dailypodcast. That's bna.com slash daily hyphen podcast. And we're back and we're talking about ozone pollution showing up in some unexpected places and at unexpected times. The rural areas struggling with pollution are facing a choice. Try to get these EPA standards eased up or place tighter restrictions on their local energy industry, which might be the only thing their local economies have going for them. Patrick says Sublette County, another rural area this time in western Wyoming, was having similar problems, but they found a way to solve them. They didn't meet the Bush era standards, the 75 PPB, uh, but what they did is they imposed emissions controls on the oil and gas industry. They added some reporting requirements on top uh, that, that helped, and now their three-year average is 64, so they're well below even the new standard. They're not going to face a problem. Now, you know, we're talking about whether these areas will or will not be able to meet the, the new ozone standard of 70 parts per billion, but... I get the sense that's not necessarily fixed in stone, that there are some discussions about, you know, at the EPA saying, well, maybe we should uh, raise that a little bit, or maybe we should go back to 75, or, or who knows. Um, what do you, do you get a sense that with the new administration coming in with new priorities, do you think that these ozone standards could be changed and, and raised a little bit that would help these uh, communities kind of stay out of trouble? It would be very difficult to raise the number. Uh, that was a scientific determination made by EPA Administrator Gina McCarthy, the attorneys I've talked to, even the industry people I've talked to have said, that's a very heavy lift. 
but what they talk about is the potential to ease implementation of it, give areas more time to come into compliance with the standards, make it easier to permit under the standards, basically do things where you'll continue to get the reductions of emissions, but but sort of ease compliance with it, whether it's over a longer period of time or just make some of the requirements clearer. And they think that that could be an avenue that could work. Manufacturers are optimistic, at least, that this this uh, you know two for one regulatory uh, rule, this permitting memo, some of the other actions they've taken, they they take it as a positive sign that the new administration is listening to what they have to say. I see. So it sounds like the number likely won't be changing, but the the way that states and cities have to meet that number or when they have to meet the number could be changing. I guess. Uh, yeah, I would I would say the people I've talked to view that as sort of the the more realistic path. Uh, any effort to sort of change the Clean Air Act to do a legislative fix uh, is going to be harshly uh, opposed by environmental advocates. Uh, you know, people with the NRDC I've talked to have said we will fight back against any effort to roll back clean air protections like these. Uh, they're supported by a number of groups: the American Lung Association, the American Thoracic Society. Uh, it's it's something that. Easing regulatory burdens is a good talking point, but not necessarily rolling back health protections is a little bit of a harder thing to do politically. Speaking of politically, let's just sort of think about the raw politics here. You know, air pollution, especially and ozone in particular, would seem in in the past to be mainly an urban problem. And, you know, uh, in this last election, cities went against Trump by a huge margin. So on the one hand, you would think that there's not a huge motivation on, on the part of the Republican Party and a part of the new president to make life easier for cities, I guess, for lack of a better word. But as you're reporting now, this is no longer just an urban problem. This is also something that a lot of rural areas are facing and maybe uh, some suburban areas. Do you think that changes the political calculus about how uh, these ozone standards are changed or the, the implementation has changed? Now that this is not just a big city air pollution issue, this is a, a sort of nationwide problem? Uh, well, I will say what it has done is it's gotten them some new champions. Uh, Senator Jeff Flake from Arizona, he last Congress, he introduced some bills about ozone, uh, both to delay uh, the deadlines under the new standards, to uh, address some sort of things with wildfires and, and uh, that affect some areas out west, uh, their ability to meet the standards. Uh, so he's been championing some, championing some reforms. Uh, we'll have to see. Uh, I will say the the pollution levels have kind of always been there. It's just the standard is now getting lower to where they're now caught up in the regulatory process with it. And there's a range of issues. There's uh, they don't want to you know block oil and gas development that's helping the economy in those regions. There's pollution from other countries where they're saying it's not it's not fair that Arizona is going to have to impose these when we don't have to do anything. But that's not necessarily a new problem. Delaware has had the same thing for a long time. Uh, Delaware officials like to say they could shut down their entire state economy and they still wouldn't meet the ozone standards because it all comes from power plants to the west of them. Bloomberg BNA's Patrick Ambrosio. For more of his reporting on air pollution and other environmental issues, visit our website at bna.com. Parts per Billion was produced by myself with help from Jessica Coombs, Rachel Daigle, and Marissa Horn. The music tracks for Parts per Billion are A Message and Driver by Jazar. They were used under a Creative Commons attribution share-alike license 
More information can be found at betterwithmusic.com. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.